mics on, and this is not my podcast, so I'm going <laughs> <up. laughs> Yeah, this is the Soulcast. This is round two, Light Diet, Matt Maruka. Here we are. Here do we you, are. Wait, do you, you find my your name, name is right? Public. Yeah. yeah, okay, for cool. Sure. <laughs> no, I got to double check. <laughs> <laughs> you blew me, bro. Yeah, you sorry, blew my man. cover. Doxed on camera. Yeah, when did we do the last one? Uh, it was in June of 2021, almost a year ago. Yeah, almost June. a year. Wow. Time flies, yeah. Time flies. A lot has happened since then. Um, yeah, well, here we are in uh, in a beautiful space. We won't mention where we are, but um, round two. I, I feel like anytime we talk, we should just need a, a, you know, a microphone going because we seem to align on, on so many things and have come to the same spiritual truths uh, a lot of the time um, just from our own different, very different paths, right? Like you're much more, uh, like you said, you haven't, haven't kind of gone the fitness route. Uh, you're more light mitochondria kind of background in terms of your knowledge, but it does seem to lead to the same kind of mentality and the spiritual truths that then direct how you live your life and how you should live your life, right? Yeah, certainly. I've had a pretty interesting experience that brought me to that, as we probably discussed in the last episode. I don't don't even remember exactly what we talked about. Definitely light. But it all comes together for sure because as I've come to understand, there is sort of, let's say, one capital T truth, like this idea of oneness. And so I've gotten deep into the science, as you mentioned, and this stuff from a place of trying to heal my health brought me to diet it brought me to light it brought me to spiritual perspective and then of course i understand as a part of that well within this existence why not take care of the body too i never had the idea that you shouldn't take care of the body but i actually came into a point where when i first got into health i was identifying as a person who was like sick and so because i was reading on the different paleo blogs that if you do chronic cardio like excess Mm. cardio training you could actually basically wear down your cells faster yeah. so i just sort of took a oh my gosh if i work out too hard i'm actually going to hurt myself more so it was like right. a, a more escape approach but now i've learned more that if you change your mindset mindset, mindset. is everything mindset actually. is everything yeah i was had this exact conversation um literally yesterday um the belief about what you're doing to your body what you're putting into your body um not everything you're not you can't mindset your, your way out of mcdonald's you know but if you are going to have mcdonald's don't cry about it. Don't be like, oh, this is going to impact my body. Really, Like, okay, I've had McDonald's in the past. Sometimes you're in a spot and like you need to eat it. I mean, you don't need to eat it. You can fast. That's my, would be my recommendation. Just skip the meal. But you, like the belief about it is like this McDonald's makes me stronger. This is going to, you know, my body can process the toxins or literally don't even tell your body that there are toxins inside it. And it's, it seems like a ridiculous uh, concept because you know or the belief in general is oh yeah McDonald's isn't that healthy for you but if it's going to go into your body if you are going through whatever events not even just food related we're talking about the um, you know the the mobile phone towers that are around yes they're around uh, if you want to participate in a city they're going to be around you're going to be exposed to that radiation on some level uh, if you're like walking around like oh god the fucking radiations it's everywhere and the waves and like feeling bad about it cortisol and the fear which lowers your vibration and then you're gonna be more susceptible to other things that's an option or you just go fuck it this radiation is making me stronger i'm the hulk baby you know (laughs) i take it in (laughs) yeah 
I did that uh, for a long time, the, the worrying about everything part, when mm -hmm. I came across a teacher who was basically of the mindset that artificial light, blue light's going to kill you, and EMF is going to kill you, <laughs> and I sort of became sicker because I was already sick, but when I first learned about health and wellness and I was feeling bad and I had gut issues and headaches and all this allergies and stuff, I... I thought that it was something that was wrong in my body that was sort of beyond my mind, let's say. Like, I didn't have control yeah, over it. Yeah. And then I went into the diets as like, how can I fix what's wrong with me? But the fundamental belief was something's wrong with me. Yeah. And then it went to the next level of like, all right, I'm going to do this other thing, light and mitochondria, to fix what's fundamentally still wrong with me. Mm. So the, the premise was always that there was something wrong with me, right? Yeah. And I didn't learn until going to someone like Dr. Joe Dispenza, who uses a bunch of science to explain this whole spiritual idea that we are all one we mm. are all whole and we're good how we are we yeah, don't have to be yeah. apologetic about our existence we don't have yeah. to be shameful that we're alive yeah. and we can just be stoked and grateful that we're here yeah. and then i just started feeling better as i started to just say wait like i'm good like i don't have to be stressing about all that stuff and i created as many people probably do i created my whole life to be an external representation of my internal stress and chaos just basically reinforcing my addiction to those emotions constantly mm. and forever and so i never would have healed unless i finally decided that i'm already good i'm already whole and then i started healing it's pretty interesting right. reverse uh psychology or it's irony because it's different from what we expect yeah and i think that's the most like the hardest thing for people to grasp is that same with fixing your health if you have a, an internal health problem same with becoming successful in your career same with being in the gym everything like you have to believe that it's possible or believe that you are whole or believe that you are capable in order to set the things in motion that then create that manifestation of yourself like you can't you can't do the thing first to fix like you said if you believe that there's a problem inside you uh, a health issue because you only unlock that capability to fix that thing if you then believe it first so it's like it's kind of like chicken and the egg like well it's not you have to have the belief first but people think that the physical realities of success have to happen first and then it's like now i've achieved it now i can you know be happy or whatever it's all internal and you know i think we were speaking about this yesterday is like everything is the mind in that sense um it's very powerful and it's it applies to everything like i said your health comes first but then you realize oh okay well this belief is holding me back here. Um, what else is holding me back? What what other internal beliefs am I holding that is actually like why I'm maybe not successful in something else? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> um, why don't you speak about um, the the journey you had with the raw optics business? Because from from the external, like you're killing it. You have it not killing. It, I don't want to use that language. I should, you know reverse you're living it. you know you're living this you know your business is succeeding but you were said that you were very very stressed and it was wearing on you and you're thinking you were limited by this international business that was bringing success so so what was the journey there that's like thank you for asking man so when i started raw optics it was partially from a place of deep inspiration that was a bedrock let's say but another part of the motivation was a lot of let's say what over time what became stress in the beginning it was almost all I was excited I want to start a business and I was stoked so 
I had spent years, as we talked about on the last discussion, years trying different diets to heal my body. And then after I tried all these different diets, I came into light mitochondria and how these work together to build health. Mm. And so naturally, when I was graduating high school around age 18, about four years after getting into this whole health journey, I was asking the question, how can I make money from this so that I don't have to be beholden to the college path and my father's will and all yeah. these types of things. Yeah. And I was very blessed uh, that I was shown three books, four books actually, by a friend of mine when I was about 16. I was living abroad in Bosnia and Europe on an exchange program in high school deeply studying all this health stuff, this stuff about mitochondria and light, applying it in this much more down-to-earth, natural environment in this ex-Yugoslav country that was just sort of 30 years back. They walked outside more. They spent mm. more time outside. They ate healthier, more wholesome food. Yeah. They would go and get sun in the summer and swim in the rivers. It was just more outdoorsy life, and I really yeah. enjoyed it for the year I was there. So an American friend of mine through Facebook who I met in this health world was also into tech, so he was into that world, and he sent me these books. One was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. The next was The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. The third was Zero to One by Peter Thiel, and the fourth was The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. And the takeaways I got from each of those books, to put it really simply, was the four-hour work week has sort of showed me like there's this new way of living with what he calls the new rich where you can basically make an income anywhere in the world online using the internet and basically do whatever you want yep. and have that freedom and be part of the new rich and if you so desired you could work only four hours a week now i could touch on how that that idea from the book i bought it so fully that it actually i i used it to continue to reinforce an addiction to incompleteness in, in mm. the sense that I thought that the goal was to only work four hours a week. So as long as I, and then spend the rest of my time just, <laughs> let's say, screwing off, like doing yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I probably a little, like too little, right? Four hours in a week. Well, he, you know, ideally. he made the point that you could, if you systematized everything and I do believe it's possible, yeah. but it made me I bought into his ethos, a different ethos, which, and I, I can't speak for who Tim Ferriss is now, that book was 20 years old, or yeah. almost 20 years old, yeah. but you know, at the time, I, I came to see that the goal was to just be the guy sitting on the beach drinking mojitos, going out <laughs> with girls, like doing whatever. And as the years went by, I finally realized, like, wait a minute, I heard someone say not long ago, actually, in a book, your work is just the thing you spend your time doing on this earth. It's not the only thing you do, mm. but it's one of the main things one you spend your things. time doing. You know, it's, it's sort of like you're existing. You have to provide for your existence. And so you work. And yeah. I, so I came to believe, though, that any time I was working, I was actually somehow like, so I was working on this business. But I held a, a simultaneously conflicting belief that my work was stopping me from, like, let's say, going out and spending more time out in nature or going out and building up really high-level important relationships, whereas yeah. I'm doing administrative work, right? Now, the logic wasn't complete, but I was so stuck in this, like, duality belief system that, like, either I'm living my best life or I'm working and that it was sort of mm. precluding me and that, that was again just a belief yeah as I mentioned to you at dinner the other night I, I as I started to realign my thinking I realized that was just an excuse to not be present in any situation not yep. to face life not yep. to be a man let's say yeah and just to kind of be afraid of everything so that was what the four-hour work week though the the previous discussion we just had right now aside it inspired me that I could sort of do anything mm -hmm. let's say and have that lifestyle which anyone can have and I recommend yep. that to everyone it's very inspiring the book um, 
Zero to One was very interesting in that it described the process of the inception of new ideas. So the idea being zero to one is the creation of a new idea, and then one to a billion or a million or a hundred thousand is scaling an idea. And it, it just got me really thinking like outside of the box, like that there is a, a zero to one moment when someone creates something new. Now, selling blue light blocking glasses, it wasn't a zero to one moment per se. It was a, it's something that already exists and I wanted to make it better. Yeah. But one could argue in a different way, the idea of bringing the consciousness of the awareness that light affects our health to any massive audience is a zero to one moment because yeah. no one's really done that before. No, no, it's, it's ab completely absent in terms of the mainstream fit, at least health and fitness, like the, the discourse, it's, it's food, diet, sleep and supplements and yeah. you know i do think that there's like a a level of consciousness where these other things are kind of coming in and bring in and that's what i hope to aim to do as well um and something that i mean you can go into the nuts and bolts of this and i'm curious about is uh this idea that the amount of sunlight that we get is proportional to how you can use uh, primarily carbohydrates in the body is relevant to how much sunlight you're getting you get more sunlight you can have more carbohydrates and you utilize them better in the body so do you know the nuts and bolts of what's happening there in the mitochondria or like what this is interesting so from just a pure holistic biological level and i want to address this and i want to go back to continuing the theme of the business but to put it simply yeah, sorry. <laughs> no it's okay it's okay so well, do you want to finish that thought and then we'll go to that? Yeah, so let's put carbohydrates yeah, yeah, on the yeah, side yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So, but definitely keep the notes. So the, the zero to one book was mind opening tremendously because it really, it really showed me that, that you can create something new and, and then scaling it's a different conversation. And so I want to create, I realized like if I could only have done one thing by the time I die, it would be having brought awareness about light to as many people as possible. I just thought that was a boom. This was a couple of years ago I just had this idea, but it was a pretty solid feeling I had that this could be a really good idea. And so I yeah. said, all right, let me go for that. So Zero to One, great book, highly recommended. Peter Thiel's the founder of PayPal for those who don't know. Then the next book was the the Lean Startup, which is amazing for startups. That was sort of like the roadmap. So Zero to One and, and the four hour work week was sort of like inspiration. The lean startup's like a roadmap, and the, what it means lean as opposed to not lean, one can sort of intuitively feel what the difference is, but in a traditional manufacturing model, the book was based on Toyota's what's called lean manufacturing. So in traditional manufacturing, when they would put out cars, they would manufacture huge amounts of all the spare parts, bumpers and blah, 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 everything, huge amounts. Toyota said like, well, wait a minute, you know, this is clearly a huge waste of cost. A lot of parts go wasted. Like we don't need to do this. And they're all distributed like huge amounts of parts in this distribution center in North America and this one in yeah. Europe. So what Toyota did is they had lean manufacturing where they, they created all their machinery so that they could create, you know, the different parts with less machinery basically. So more intelligent machinery, let's say. Yeah. And then when there would be a problem, let's say with like, let's say you had a Toyota, you know, as opposed to a Honda or the other companies, the way they were doing it previously to Toyota inspiring everyone else to shift this direction, they would have like a huge amount of parts sitting around. So you would go to the dealership and it would basically put, they describe like a notch into the system. So you take a bumper and they have a small inventory they're keeping at the local distribution facilities. And then your need for that would pull one out of the system. It would come to you and it would just, 
go up to the factory, up through the, the hierarchies, and just they would basically produce as needed. You know, so okay, yeah. this many are being used, so this is how many we're producing. So it's yeah. like smart, it's lean, it's yeah. better for the business. Yeah. So this guy had this idea, well, why don't we take that to the, the startup? Because there's so many startups, like especially at the end of the internet bubble. The guy was inspired because he had been in the internet bubble, and he created a company that was literally worthless, like nobody wanted the product. But because it was the internet bubble, they spent millions of dollars they got in investments to create these like sort of digital avatars that they thought you would be using uh when you were browsing on the internet to <laughs> sort of for people to like rep you know see who you are yeah but nobody wanted the product so they spent millions of dollars he describes building all these crazy features out that literally nobody even wanted the the core product yeah and they could have figured that out just by releasing a simpler version of the core product and so he coined the term minimum viable product and i think it's worth just briefly mm -hmm. explaining what he explains in the book the, the way to build a business is through what he calls the build, measure, learn feedback loop. So you have a hypothesis like in science that I do this and it's going to have this result. So that's the hypothesis. So you build a minimum viable product just like a science experiment to test is my hypothesis accurate? Does anyone actually give any shits about what <laughs> I'm doing or what I think I'm going to do here? Yeah. And so you build the MVP they call it minimum viable product and then you have a specific set of criteria you're looking for like if it meets this criteria we're going to move forward and if it doesn't we're we're going to pivot. So basically he says you you measure based to the criteria but you should set the criteria in advance because if you just do it and you don't have criteria you're going to measure against then you're not really running an intelligent experiment because you could kind of warp the variables to favor whatever argument you want to. So anyway that's the measure component of it and then based on your measurement you either you, you learn and then you make the decision am I going to persevere, meaning continue with the basis of the hypothesis, or pivot. So yeah. it's basically the scientific method applied to a startup. So I had this idea when the glasses business started. It's a really cool story. I don't know if I've ever shared it on a podcast, but I was uh, following this doctor, Jack Cruz, who taught me a lot about light and energy and is really a pioneer in the space. <laughs> and I'm very grateful for his contribution. If it weren't for him, a lot of people wouldn't know about this, including yeah. the, probably the Mercolas and the Aspreys of the world. He sort of disrupted the field and brought it out in a big way where yeah. they could kind of come on as like, the oh, he was the guy who got all the flack. Now yeah. let's look at this from level two. Yeah. And I, I was listening to him on a podcast one day, Pushing a Lawnmower, which is how I made money as a landscaper in, uh, in high school, just landscaping, mowing grass. Good and job. Digging. Good job, was right? great. I, I was stronger than I've ever been. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Sun cooked, you know, it. barefoot, shirtless. Yeah. I think that's the best job for anyone who's listening to this who just needs to make money. Yeah. Just go yeah. snow shovel in the winter and do landscaping. And yeah. I had all this free time to think. I listened to audiobooks, podcasts. Yes, yeah. So I listened to this podcast with this guy, Luke Story, who I didn't know about at the time, interviewing this doctor. And I only knew about the podcast because he had posted it, Dr. Cruz, that he was on this podcast. And I listened, and then this guy, Luke Story, says, hey, I'm going to be up in New York City at, a, at an event at, you know, sharing some information. Come up if you want to meet and hang out. And I thought, like, oh, my God, this is my chance. Yeah. I've been studying this guy, Dr. Cruz, for years. And, you know, like, I, I knew I could explain the science and the information and convey the energy in a way that people would relate to maybe differently than the way he was relating. You know, he was catching a whole crowd of intelligent doctors. I figured I might be able to reach another audience because I've been following it, studying all the blogs and everything for two years. So that was my mm. hypothesis. Yeah. So my experiment was go up to New York City and talk to Luke Story and ask if he'll have me on his podcast. You know, mm -hmm. And he had a lot of big names on his podcast already, so I wasn't sure if it would work. Anyway, went up. He actually said yes. And the same night, he asked me and my buddy who had these custom-made blue light blocking glasses, he said, where'd you guys get those made? 
And I said, well, we did this tinting service through this company and blah, blah, blah. And I tried to connect him. Huge pain in the ass, the email chains. And I had seen an article about how do you tint your own blue light blocking glasses? Like how to mm. make it, buy the dye, do all the stuff, yeah. buy the hot plate, the beaker. And so I just realized after this email exchange Someone with do Luke and this company, I was like, let me just do it for you because <laughs> yeah. it's a pain in the ass to connect you with this company. It's not working. They're, it's not their service, really. It's not their specialty. Yeah. They sell the dyes. Anyway, so we did it. I used his first uh, payment to start the business, and that was his initial investment funded the first purchases of the materials, yeah. and basically then I could scale it from there. So that was like my hypothesis. Then the next thing was like, well, wait a minute. Probably many people in the health and wellness community would appreciate this service. No one else is doing it. Everyone's mm -hmm. wearing these ugly safety Uvex <laughs> blue light block. Do you remember those? Yeah, These yeah, ugly yeah. safety goggles, yeah. blue light blocking glasses. And I was like, well, maybe this could be cool. And there was one company called Carbon Shade that made them actually look cool previously, but then I got them and they, were, they didn't look cool. They were ugly, they were huge, the frames were too big, they were low quality and crap. And yeah. so basically, I was like, all right, they tried, they failed. So <laughs> it's fact. Yeah. And so I was like somebody else. And Swanee's was the only other company with semi-stylish glasses, but the lenses didn't block enough of the blue light. Yeah. They were ugly. Uh, the frames were low quality. So I was like, all right, nobody's done it properly. Yeah. 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 And so I offered this custom tinting service for people to send their own frames called Matt's Custom Blue Blockers on my own personal blog that I don't even run anymore. Yeah. And, and that was my hypothesis was that if I post up a Google sheet in these communities, I'll get responses. And I posted it up just before going off to Europe to travel for like a gap semester before going to college, which was the plan, which did not end up materializing because yeah, yeah, yeah. the business took off. And I, and I hired my little brother's friends to do the tinting in my garage. And then I would be like the spokesperson. They would be like the tinting. And my mother was doing shipping. And this was a lean startup in every yeah, sense yeah, yeah. of the word. And so it was just build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. And my hypothesis was correct. People wanted the, the product. They wanted the service. And then in the book, I remember he said, listen to your customer's feedback. And so one time someone was like, well, what if I don't want to send in my own frame? What if I just, well, why don't you just offer some set styles? I was like, duh. Yeah. So I actually went on to one of the websites of the companies I was using to recommend people, hey, go to this site, buy glasses, send them to us. Yeah. We know those lenses from that company are tintable. We can tint them, blah, blah, blah. So I just stole pictures of their frames, put them on my website and made yeah. them my own glasses. That was V1. That was a minimum yeah. viable product of a business. And it worked and it went, it worked really well for a year. And then we just basically shifted the website, found our own manufacturers and the rest is sort of history. Uh, and it's been really good and we've just been upgrading the quality and ever since. So that was a lean startup. It was tremendously important. The fourth book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, I barely remember anything about other than the fact that the names kind of says it all. It's like when you're dealing with hard questions, like there aren't easy solutions and that is sort of the, the where the value comes in. So like there were many times when I, during the business cycle, I was like, I want to just hop on Google and get an easy answer. But one of the things I've learned from this experience is the, the questions worth answering don't have an easy answer on Google. Yep, yep. And that was a big shock because like we assume, oh, we can get any answer we want on Google. You can get basic statistical facts. I'll just throw in something else worth noting. Have you ever read uh, Fahrenheit 451? I've heard of it, but I haven't. So it's it's like 1984, which I imagine you're familiar with, George yeah, yeah, Orwell. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much like that. It's a society where the f every all the houses are fireproof, so they've they're in the future. The houses don't burn. Firemen's job is actually to burn books. So basically, they come and anytime anyone's discovered with a book, it's like a dystopian society. They're reported any by book? their neighbors. Any book, and right. they're burned. So they basically and they'll burn someone's house fully with books, full of even with the person if they the refuse house to stays. leave. Yeah, the house will stay, but they'll burn everything, including the person with their wow. books. And so it's a really dystopian idea. But it, it's it, there was a quote from the uh, book that was so profound that I even have it in my phone if I can pull it up. But if not, um, I'll just paraphrase 
but it was something like, you know, if you don't want people to think, you know, just make it illegal to think. If you yeah. if you don't want people to have to compare themselves against other people who are like mountains, just make all the mountains equal. Make everyone equal. You Tall know, puppy syndrome. Exactly. It's it's this whole it's this whole idea that's obviously very much on display in our world today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so it was just so profound that he said in that point he said fill people so chock full with random facts such as how much corn did iowa grow last year <laughs> that they think that they know everything yeah. and they actually know nothing yeah. and so that's kind of the connection to this whole google story so anyway four great books that i had read before starting the business inspired the life out of me and it was just my whole senior year after getting back from my junior year so that's in american terms it's 11th grade and 12th grade 12th grade, I got home from my year abroad, and it was just, what am I doing for my business? And I thought about a ton of ideas, coaching, da 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 And then the glasses business just came along, and it was clearly the thing that God gave me. And yet, to, back to your original question, as it went on, instead of seeing and going at it from what I would call a manly perspective, like a, a perspective of both gratitude to the universe mm. and a willingness to overcome myself— I was like a little kid the whole time. I was like blessed with this huge blessing and like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. Life's so hard. Like I really was like in a victim mindset for yeah. years yeah. and I was I was fully embracing the victim despite the universe showering me with blessings, right. business, cash, freedom to travel anywhere, yeah. you know, <clears throat> uh, connections with some of the most influential people in the world who became my customers and friends yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was still purporting, you know, bringing out this victim mindset. So it all came to like a, a realization when I started going to Joe Dispenza and I realized like, geez, all this stress that I've been telling myself I have, this is fully self-created. Yeah. And it was a, a continuation of an addiction, as Joe Dispenza would say, is such a firm addiction to the emotions of the past that I was not willing to be open to the opportunities of the future. And I continued to use my life and my circumstances and interpreting them to reaffirm my addiction to the past and suffering instead of the opportunity of the future. So for example, challenge happens in the business. Rather than saying, all right, God slash the universe is giving me the next hurdle to jump over to level up. Yep. It was like, uh, oh my gosh, life's so hard. You know, and yep, that's, yep. Like the, that's the battle I feel like everyone is going through in their life, really, at yep. every deep level. And yep. I went through it for many years and I did not choose to jump over the hurdles. I choose to try to avoid them however I could. Yeah, yeah. No, that's incredible, man. And thank you for sharing that. I, I think that gives a, you know, a, little, a little plan for anyone that wants to kind of go the same way in whatever business they, they choose to do. Um, Great I, books. I, the, the mentality switch from having problems versus having opportunities to improve uh, that will make everything this fun journey of, of improvement and getting better uh, and make you happy about things to the point where you know you can work hard and some people have this again it's an addiction to I'm a hard worker really grinding in the trenches and yes you, ca you can have that perspective and some people will on paper succeed doing that but what is their experience of life within that if they are constantly battling with life rather than just accepting the 
the path that you know oh, cool I, another problem I, I've had this with supplements the supplement company and and basically anything that if you run into a manufacturing issue or you know whatever it is it's just another thing to solve and you'll deal with it just as you dealt with every other problem that you got with so far and the people that succeed are people that see that see problems as opportunities to get better because once you fix that problem and more problems problems even the wrong word it's just like a a puzzle to solve you know and and having the opportunity and grace to just roll with the punches figure it out as you go along and understand that you're getting better each time uh that these that these things happen to you and each level of higher success and financial success and you know even relationship success comes from fixing bigger and bigger problems and even then you know what's really happening yes there may be higher dollar values assigned to the problems as you get bigger and bigger but it's the same same it's the same thing like inherently it's just like how do i find a, a way through this and then anything you come into it's like a state of of permanent bliss because it's like okay this is what i'm here to do uh if you have to do it you have to fix oh what are you gonna do just throw everything you know oh i've hit this roadblock give it up cool like you want to do that no so 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 have this happy mentality that you even are in the capacity or this position in life to be able to solve them because if you if you didn't have these quote-unquote problems then you wouldn't have a pathway to get better and that's it's funny that when you when you have that mentality the problems become easier to solve because at an energetic level you're attracting the things and the people and the relationships or whatever because you have the faith it's like oh no it'll work out it'll work out just like everything else does and that makes everything easier which is such a trip if you think about it but i've experienced the exact same things in in you know my small businesses that i've kind of um, developed so far and yeah that applies to everything in life it's cool Amen. I feel that this idea about having faith is a very important one. Yeah. And my experience has shown me that faith is the only road to success. Yep. You know, we're, there's different theories, right? Is the earth flat? Is it round? We don't need to get into that right now, but it's a whatever it's a dome. <laughs> whatever we believe, <laughs> you know, like within the experience we having, within the context of the things that are occurring around us, it's pretty unique. It's pretty unusual to me would be a word I would use. Unusual, again, what am I comparing that against? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. But just the the ex- experience of being, you know, you're born, you're, you're yeah, raised. Yeah, first of all that, you're just like, you're just born. boom, you come in. Where were you before? Suddenly you're just thrust into this experience of like, Oh, now I can feel things. Now I can see things. What even is this? That alone, and I'll let you continue, obviously, yeah, but that please. alone is like the biggest blessing and opportunity because you could have been one of the sperm that never was fertilized and you not even be here. So at a base level, no matter what happens in your life, like, oh, I'm in this body. I'm looking around. There's, there's grass on my foot underneath me. Like even that alone is, is so much to be grateful for. My, my friend, this Ayurvedic doctor, he, he touches on this in a really interesting way. He says that from the ancient scriptural perspective, the 
blessing of being born a human is so incalculably mm. large yep, in yep. the according to the ancient scriptures that it is something that you sh- cannot forsake you must not forsake this experience i mean we could be born as as birds or as other significantly lower animals which we can see all around us they have a different experience of the world and yet we're born as humans mm-hmm. like almost as close to gods let's say as it gets in our yep. in our existence and it is so it's just a unique it's a unique experience it's a trip like i wake up some days and i i i'm traveling a lot which sort of enhances the uniqueness in some ways yeah not that you it can't be amazing if you're in one place as well it's, yeah. it's our choice but i wake up some days and i'm like where am i <laughs> but not just like where am i like seriously like this morning i woke up and i don't go out i got on the beach i got on the be- beach yeah on the beach, beach the beach <laughs> and i was just like wow where am I? Like, this is such a trip. But not in just the sense of, like, on planet Earth, in the solar system, in the Milky Way. I'm like, where's that? Yeah. Somebody tell me, where are we? You know, yeah. like, that's sometimes just what I want to shout to the heavens, like, where are we? <laughs> What's going on? Is there anybody out there? You know, like, it's it's just, like, it's just such a unique experience. And, and then I ask, like, we're both laughing and smiling. It's like, you get to that, that level of, like, Oh, like this is just cool like we're good yeah. you know like there's nothing yeah. to worry about there's yeah. nothing to trip yeah. about yeah. and yet I trip about stuff way too frequently because yeah. I get into the, uh, into the into the the mud and I just I'm, I'm thinking too much about stuff and but then somehow the act of overcoming it is is the freedom and so this is again I, I go back to Joe Dispenza these spiritual teachers I came to Dispenza you know going through the the business story just like highlight because you asked about the business it's really fun as I mentioned I haven't really told the story but it was, it was, you know, started in my garage. We ran six months in my garage. We outsourced to different manufacturers. We started running. And then it was just a, a, a situation of like, all right, like, I did it. Like, I have a business. I have revenue coming in every month. Half the time, I didn't even know where it was coming from. Like, yeah. seriously, I'm just like, money's coming in. People are buying. Like, where are these people coming from? Yeah. Eventually, I realized, like, key influencers, obviously, I knew that. And key podcast appearances I do to get the word out. And then they would self, you know, because people follow someone else and they say I heard about you from this person I want to promote you too and you know I went on this podcast or I heard you on the podcast and I had a lot of like really successful people like I had one of the world's uh, let's say the guy who produced a lot of the biggest bands of the last 30 years MTV named him the top music producer of the last 30 years uh, and he produced like early Beastie Boys, uh, Johnny Cash, Chili Peppers, Tom Petty, mm. uh, Adele, like all these people. And he literally just reached out to me because he heard the podcast that I did with Luke Story. This podcast said, interestingly, we recorded it. And so the night that it was a cosmic evening, because the same night that I decided to go up, just following the breadcrumbs from the universe. I mean, imagine how different my life would look if I didn't follow that breadcrumb there. Yeah, like that yeah. same night, he both asked me, hey, where'd you get those glasses? That's led to the business, the, the product business starting. I was listening to the universe. And then I asked him, can I be on your podcast? And it's interesting that, that he didn't release the episode for almost six months. So after we recorded end of September 2017, beginning of uh, end of april actually so beginning of may 2018 almost six or seven months later he released the episode and i thought i thought they just decided to shelve it like yeah, i was like yeah, all right yeah. like i guess i just wasn't famous enough or it wasn't good <laughs> enough dude the episode comes out like not only did i have this legendary music producer reaching out and they flew me out to la put me up actually like we ended up becoming close friends and have all sorts of cool projects and ideas really super aligned types of people i met a ton of really cool people out in the malibu celebrity lifestyle uh kind of their their vibe really cool people too 
and and then th- this podcast came out. It was Luke who who was much smaller podcaster at the time, but it became his number one most downloaded and his number one most. Uh, and I was his youngest guest, so most downloaded podcast of all time with his youngest and least known guest. Yeah. For a year, over a year, it was, and he wow. had interviewed people like Aubrey Marcus, Neil Strauss, like yeah, celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just to me, it was like, all right keep doing that you know keep right. doing that so it was this this interesting just that single night led to the product business it led to the podcast and then it was just like all right i gotta just keep doing this another good friend of mine who's big in the tech world he said and this is a kind of common tech like idea it's like build it and they will come mm. he's like he said to me he's like just if you build a really great product like it will sell itself yeah and yep. i really believe that it's like if you build something really good like in the same way that if like something really crazy happens, like news spreads like wildfire, like if something really great comes out like the iPhone, there's no way they could have marketed any amount of money to make iPhones and Macs and Apple what it is today. There's no amount of marketing money you could possibly spend. It was one man, Steve Jobs, whose biography I've been reading, amazing book as well, one single guy's addiction or complete dedication to perfecting something. Yeah. Which one could actually argue, as you see in the book, probably was somehow linked to his own let's say his soul's karma he was Mm. born into the world he was abandoned by his parents he was adopted by a new family and always felt a sort of sense of abandonment that as you could ascertain from the book now i don't know if this is all true or not but this is kind of the sense you get uh and sort of the way the author also directs it that he was kind of trying to control everything outside of him to be perfect to let's say make up for an inner insecurity yeah and can we say is that good or bad? Well, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's good in the sense that like he transmuted his past suffering yep. to greatness outside. And I would say like that seems to be the story of a lot of successful people. Like I grew up, my parents were divorced when I was young, and I think that had probably a pretty significant impact in like not feeling whole as myself. Because the the very masculine and feminine energy that brings you into the world, to to see that split as a young child. I believe it takes the the world. It's like pulling the rug out from under you, the world out from under you. you. It matures you, like very quickly. In a positive way, yes. Yeah, yeah. I. Or it destroys you actually, because a lot of people I think are destroyed by their parents being divorced, and they don't choose to become matured by it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like anything, and obviously people have had much worse things than I have had. I've had a very blessed life, but people can let very small things completely affect them and completely derail them just as easily a different person or that same person with a different perspective could let that jettison them into better things and that's like you're here you've had your experience so far you've had the problems the issues the trauma the whatever it is you've had the good things as well you can let that break you you can essentially choose to let that derail you or you can let what is what's the lessons here what are the silver linings yes i was you know my parents divorced whatever um i'm now thrust into my own independence a lot sooner than the most people and that can be or is scary but then you at your age you're you know you you have a much more accelerated experience of the world and it's made you stronger it's made you better so like do you let things, whatever it is, in, in your scale and your experience of this life in this particular human uh, human experience, that can either, you can let that affect you and then never achieve anything, or you can, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but Kanye West, 
in, in the documentaries that have come out recently, uh, very inspiring. But he's basically, he was in an interview and he said, I want everything that people said is going to be like why I wouldn't succeed, become why I do succeed. You know, you're from Chicago, uh, you're a low income family. It's like, no, that makes me better. And that light switch, that switch that just turns everything from uh, a negative into a blessing, that it itself is like, again, it's transmutation. It's transmutation of Amen. energy. Uh, and every human, again, going back to your capacity as a human, your blessing to be exist as a human is we have this higher level of awareness and consciousness that we can do that. Whereas an animal is just like, oh, I break my leg. I'm pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah, we get to turn the base metals into gold. And this is why yes. I love Joe Dispenza so much because... You know, I could look at my past, and for years I told the story of my past. So this is to bring in some dispensa language, but you know, I told the story of my past, and I let the story of, be, of my past be the person I'm going to be in the future. Yeah. Because we live in this eternal present moment, dispensa teaches, and that's all there is, right? And so the ideas of the the past and the future, they're just ideas because it's just you and me. That's it right now. That's it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I can either in the present continuous great eternal present now I can either he would say choose to be defined by the memories of the past so yeah. what I what I remember which he makes this funny this great joke like usually the stories people tell about their past they actually made it up like they half of not it's not even true, true. because they're, your they're, memory doesn't work that way so they're retelling stories of suffering that never even happened to them to reinforce their addiction to the emotion and so we can either do that or which again the future is just another idea so we're not saying the future is like a let's say real thing but he uses it to exemplify an idea you can be defined instead by the vision of the future so instead of the memories of the past a vision of the future and so okay i told you a little bit about what i did and what i did with the business but that's i would say inconsequential compared to what is driving me to continue because the world can be hard and life can get you down and life can put obstacles in front of you and yet we continue to persevere and I think that's the really fun conversation to have is like but for both of us I'm curious to hear about what it is for you like mm. what what really even if you have a hard time you know or even if you have an, a tough time you're going through challenges let's just say like what's getting us out of bed in the morning like mm. every day to wake up to I'm hungry that's usually what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh uh, kind of a joke breakfast right um what gets me out of bed well, thankfully, I take soul subs glycine, so I have a very deep restorative sleep, and I wake up with uh, very high energy. And you wear um, raw optics. Yes, raw optics before <laughs> bed. That means melatonin's firing correctly, and uh, you know we, we get a good night's rest. So that that really helps, and, and that's the kind of the. It's much easier to be driven and successful if your health is taken care of. So that's like if you're not in a place where your body's operating correctly, yeah, figure that out first. That's your first steps to becoming successful um, because you then just have the fundamental biological energy to then do that. Um, but as far as like higher Maybe level... Maybe can I just put a catch on that actually? Sure. Thought. So I actually learned from my experience and I believe you're right, get your health going. I actually spent five, six, seven years in that mindset of like, I got to get my health going so then I can live my life. Keyword then. Yeah. I actually would say that I fell prey or I used a certain belief, a way of thinking to excuse myself from overcoming right, right, it, right. but just to get the language correct there. But basically it was, 
I can't start really living. I can't start really being the man I want to be until I heal my health. Yes. And it was the constant idea that I wasn't healthy that kept me sick. You know, I didn't mm. have, I never created a really, in my mind, a really beautiful vision for which I would live for. And therefore, I actually didn't have much, even running, the, even three years into having a successful business. I was actually, like, I have to be honest about it, like, I was often miserable, like, out externally. Money, ability to travel places, great business, great connections. You'd think you're on top of the world. And it, it's like that classic almost a cliche story where like everything looks great on the outside on the inside I was suffering but I took a very tremendous appreciation from it because I realized that there are most guys who get to this stage they're 50 60 years old they've been busting their ass for 50 60 years or whatever and then they're like this just isn't it and yeah. I'm lucky that like 18 19 20 21 I got to like say this is diff this just isn't it this yeah. just is not it and that's obviously got me into spiritual stuff but just a caveat out there for anyone who's saying i can't start being the man or no, being the good. woman until i am healthy i realize you just got to start being the man and you'll become like i've started becoming healthier as soon as i started changing my beliefs yeah. as soon as i started yeah. i started linking my energy towards what is the future what do i actually believe in with my company and i like i don't want i don't i don't want it to be raw optics i just want it to be raw so it's it's going to be raw soon enough raw everything we have the domain raw.life so raw life cool. so great. that was a great great buy yeah and uh, <laughs> i'm stoked about that try to copy us you can't um and i have a light diet.com what's raw.com so uh, it's rheumatoid arthritis, which we're also going to cure you can and buy then that, proceed sure. to buy from them. Yeah. Because yeah. we're curing rheumatoid Once the disease is cured, we just buy the domain. Yeah. So, but anyway, we, I, I prefer dot life. But anyway, all I say, I just started thinking like, why don't I just, why don't I do all the things I was saying I would do one day? Why don't I just start doing them? Because like I get up every day and I'm in this, whatever this is, like nothing's stopping me. And it was as soon as I started linking myself to like, let's actually start the lighting product, like the projects. Let's start thinking about this, this society that I wanted to build like build my because for years I spent my my time asking the question I realized I stole the mic from you but I'll just finish this thought so no no go ahead <laughs> I, I took I had this thought like for so many years where do I want to live where do I want to live that was like my my another let's say theme that I used to excuse myself from being present it was like oh my gosh where am I gonna live you know I, I like used that as a, a thing to hold on to for so long like, I don't know where I'm going to be based. And what a blessing. Like, most people can't even leave Oklahoma or whatever, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I got to be wherever I wanted. And yet, I, I've, from that low energy, I found a way to turn the greatest blessing into, like, what felt like a curse. And that's just an example of what that fear energy can do. Mm. And eventually, I did realize, though, like, wouldn't it be cool to, like, what? You said something the other night at dinner. You said, cities have traditionally organized themselves around labor markets. And it just was like, boom light bulb because it's exactly the words I've been looking for like people are geographically or geographically organized throughout history out of necessity mm -hmm. but like we're in a different age we're in the information age people can organize around ideas now yeah. so why don't we organize around ideas and then you're talking about this you know society that you guys are interested in I'm like dude yeah. this is yeah. cool this yeah. makes me want to wake up in the morning because I can see a really beautiful society and it doesn't have to include everyone it's only the people who want to be who want to move forward you know yeah. evolution occurs and usually in evolutionary situations the whole species doesn't evolve yeah it's it's an evolutionary bottleneck uh it can happen from uh large natural disasters it can happen from you know diseases or plagues or whatever and then you know the strong survive that's just a, the natural state of biology uh but i think now there's almost there's a spiritual bottleneck occurring and most people are existing 
in addiction to the fear-based narrative that is pushed out by you know the mass media and everything but also within themselves like you can just simply ignore that and choose to visualize a better future when when we do achieve a critical mass of people looking towards the positive future rather than being addicted to their negative past or the negative past of the society that they're a part of that is the inflection point to you don't want to say utopian world because that doesn't exist to some level but a world where it is absent for the most part or it's on the path to becoming better for as many people as possible um and you know it's awareness it's consciousness when most people are acting in a way that's good for them and good for their neighbor that's all you need to do that's all you need to do and if you can do that in your small part of the world that's that's what we should aim to do um the spiritual bottleneck occurring is people that want to let go of the past programming of themselves their past mistakes their past identity which as you said might not even be something that's real because you you know we i think joe dispenza was the one that um gave this idea to me or talked about this idea but no no sorry it's uh reality transurfing by vadim zealand have you read that book bro i'll give that to you um thank you it's so our narrow band of awareness as we go through life we create this narrative about our life uh, and then we identify with that narrative i went to school here this is how i performed i got these results which led me to have these opportunities and this was impacted by this and then this led to that and it's like this you know from birth to blah 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 blah, blah here i am at this point there is a general narrative that you create which is impacted by what you were focusing on in the present moment. And you don't know whether you didn't get that scholarship because your results weren't good or the person that was approving and reading it that day was just in a bad mood. So like, nah, fuck this guy, you know? But our interpretation of what we were focusing on at the time, due to our limited band of awareness, in only one moment, our mind's conscious awareness is only dealing with one thing, really. Like you, you walk past the bakery, then boom, the smell of bread that dominates your consciousness for a certain uh, amount of time and then you turn the corner and a homeless guy walks past you and then you start thinking about homeless things and it's like you could have missed so much in that short space of time because our brains and, and our minds are only really dealing with one thing one sense one experience at a time but from that uh, as we go through life and un and only really focusing on that thing we create a narrative like X leads to Y leads to Z and here I am and this is why this didn't happen but for the most part we don't have control or we're a very small part of the grand narrative scheme of things right uh, and how we operate within this world is a part of that you can choose to visualize a future and fix the things that are holding you back uh, and if you do so your life will improve or again, be addicted to that thing, that, that, that the failures that you think like, oh, I, I failed this thing in high school and I didn't get this job. This is why my life is bad now. But, you know, th there are so many more things impacting it that you just can't see. We, we don't have this kind of constant awareness of everything that's happened. It's impossible to, to kind of figure out in this grand network. There's thousands, millions of humans all interacting uh, at the same time. So understanding that the narrow band of awareness that creates the narrative that you tell about yourself which then creates this egoic notion of yourself that's not real it's never existed as a tangible thing other than your head you can 
tomorrow delete that if you will and oh i'm not good at this thing therefore i couldn't run a business because of this well who says you're not good at that thing yeah you've never practiced that thing you've never researched that thing you've never done that thing you've never iterated back on feedback you know going back to the business kind of analogy so you are not a thing so for you to then limit yourself because you think of this past narrative i'm not good at public speaking i could never do a podcast that's just holding you back again it's a, it's a limiting belief so just understanding that th- that's how the human brain works and to not allow that to dictate the narrative of your future i think is a really powerful idea amen man yeah amen i i'm sitting here and i can feel within myself you know there's this it's sort of a constant battle i would say maybe for life or maybe it's just the stage that I'm in in my life where it's this it's the battle between let's say the good and the evil or the battle between sin and what is right you know and I'm sitting and I'm looking and I could feel literally just in in one moment as you're speaking like there's you know a part of me that is completely fully present let's say listening to you and I can tune into that frequency and just be here and say like wow this is so dope I'm sitting with soul bra on the grass <laughs> in unnamed undisclosed location yeah. like recording a podcast like this is badass and then there's another part of me that's like I gotta worry about this I gotta worry about that I gotta worry about that. and that's what Dispenza you know teaches and and right right on the same line that you're describing I could choose to be the guy or the person who's who's defined by all that non-stop talk that's going on and just let it be my reality and many people don't realize there's another choice I didn't realize there was another choice for a long time I might have eventually but I didn't realize and so people spiritual teachers come for a great reason because they can help us open our mind and then on the other side I can sit here and say like gosh what a great experience and to your point like if, if we really don't have control over what's guiding us and what's moving us in each direction, you would think, one would think that the best thing we could do is just surrender into the beauty in every moment and then just be grateful because if there's nothing besides the present moment ever, and if you, if you master happiness in every present moment, then you win, so to speak. And in the book, there's these great books, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer and The Untethered Soul, which is very popular by Michael Singer as well. And he describes in these books this idea of just full surrender to everything that's going on and just being able to surrender. And the untethered soul, he puts it in a really, really cool perspective. He's like, you could just choose to be happy and never let it go. Like, never let happiness go away. Unconditional happiness. And the only reason you let it go, we let it go, is because we choose to. And it's like, that's a powerful idea, you know, that we that unconditional happiness that is the path of the master mm-hmm. they put happiness and they say i'm just not and i tried it like when i had listened to the book i was like all right i'm gonna be happy like <laughs> ne- and never get unhappy again but surely like there were things that came along that i wasn't willing to choose my happiness over that thing mm-hmm. which is yeah. and the things just to be clear the things we assume are existing outside of us but in, in reality for a basic physical scientific analysis you know, we, we discussed this at dinner, like at least I did with one of the people there. I don't remember if we were talking together, but the world outside of us, like how could I know that the world outside of us exists 
at all. Like, you know, it's just my experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so if there's a different way of looking at the world, to put it, is that there's a something that comes up. Let's just say for me, I'll give an acute example. I'm ordering frames and glasses cases from China and we're dealing with supply chain issues and things take a long time and it's bothersome for me because it makes me feel so it's just it it itself is a, a objective situation it just is what it is right yep. it is what it is in the moment and this but I have observed the tendency of some part of myself to want to use that situation to bring up the emotions of stress fear scarcity lack etc you name it like oh my gosh what if I don't get enough cases on time then we can't sell the glasses and yeah. the glasses don't come soon enough and then we're sitting on you know overhead expenses but which we don't have that many actually of but you know blah 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 it's just like my mind wants to run in a million directions about how things are just not going to work out and everything's going to go really badly mm -hmm. but interestingly this is a really a trip a few weeks or months ago I had this insight that you, you kind of touched on this as well. I looked back and I was like, I've worried about so much useless stuff that was not worth worrying about. I mean, never maybe, happens. And never, none of it ever went bad. Like, even if it was really hard in the moment, which there were challenges, like, it just burned me through the karma, burned my karma, and I, I moved forward, you know. I burned through the, flame, the fire, and, and now I'm here, and I, I, I didn't die. That's the thing. Like in the moment, the level of fear was akin to death. Like as if I was in a survival mode. I, was yeah. like, I never died. So why wouldn't I just take big risks? Like I know that no matter how bad anything could go in business, which is really, realistically speaking, the opposite of what's actually happening. Like <laughs> the business has been wildly successful. Uh, how there's the worst case scenario? Like it's just a it doesn't almost ever actually come true, and B. I'm wasting all of the best case scenarios, like all the beauty around me all the time, mm -hmm. choosing to continue to, to remain in the worst case scenario. This is why I believe meditation is a really worthy practice because for one who is subject to their mind and is naturally disillusioned or confused by their mind, it's a practice of just constantly coming back to a certain point of focus yeah and if you could get really good at this in theory you could constantly keep your focus on the truth which is that everything's pretty cool right <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> on some level it's um like not even believing that so much good is possible so people self-sabotage because either they think they're not worth it they're not worthy of success or good things or love and that's something that's more maybe occurs more in relationships in particular it's like if you don't hold the belief that you are worthy of love because of the story someone else told you your family growing up or just something that you don't believe about yourself because you're comparing your physical attributes to other people or just like why would anyone care about me or love, love me you're going to seek out relationships or never find good relationships you're going to seek relationships that reaffirm that belief and i would say that the vast majority of people uh, don't have a healthy relationship, like romantic relationship, uh, full stop, uh, because they don't understand that the love has to come from within them first. You, if you love yourself, you're good with yourself, and you're like, yeah, I, I deserve good things. I, you know, I have a lot to give. I am worthy of love from myself. You're not going to accept any relationship that's 
that doesn't reinforce that. Like, oh, this guy's treating me bad. This girl's treating me badly. Okay, bye. Like, cool. I love you too, but like, bye. Like, not around me. Um, same goes for business. Like, you have something that's really good that happens to you and succeeds. Uh, but again, you just go, oh, what are all these things that could go wrong? And on one level, if you continually visualize the ways and things that could go wrong, all you're doing is directing mental energy to a pathway that you don't want to happen. So one, the experience of visualizing the negativity is just bad. You're, it feels bad. You're stressing. You're, you're scared. But you are literally increasing the chances of that scenario happening because our power as humans is to direct our attention, direct our energy to that thing. The more energy you direct to a thing, the higher level of chance that it has manifesting into your reality. So if you're always thinking about what can go wrong, then you're literally like putting yourself on that track. Like you imagine a, a train track, you can go left and slowly arc off to the left or then go right and you're, you're, you create the train tracks, the railing that your life then goes down through your mental energy and awareness and, and all the rest of it. And yeah, meditation is great for that because one, just having the, the regular practice of being coming back to experience and awareness rather than following the machinations of your mind which are you know fantasies and phantoms at the end of the day um it, it's just like why would you want to visualize that like think about the best things that can go right like we're gonna get you know our manufacturing and they're gonna sh send more cases for cheaper because why not you know but people again it's like it's the lack of abundance because they think that the world is scarce they think it's not possible for things to go so right but you'll find that anyone successful or anyone happy has left that belief as much as possible in the past and it's not you know i'm not perfect you're not perfect um you still get trapped in that but on average you can train yourself to be more aware of your own issues and beliefs so that you're spending more time more out of the 24 hours of each day in a state of abundance, gratitude, awareness, which then reflects in the success and positivity of your life yeah. moving forward. The way it goes for me a lot of the time when I meditate is I come right up against the emotions that I've been most uh, attaching to that are the, let's say, the negative ones, if that's the goal. And it's in one like instant, it happens like that. You see something from that higher consciousness that is sort of the goal of channeling and meditation at least for me and and then that whole like a whole it's almost like a whole universe implodes like a whole this could happen and that could happen and all this it's just like whoosh it's like i just i never had to buy into that emotion in the first place and it's just that that single instant again a whole what feels like a whole lifetime of suffering can just completely disappear in your life everything's fine and that's for me what meditation is really largely about just overcoming and finding each thing that i've been using to not be present and, yeah. and just try to plow through it i want to add to your commentary before you're saying that the more we connect to that energy of something going wrong the more we make it likely to happen i fully agree with that interestingly enough when the actual negative situation happens the only reason well so perceived negative situation the only reason of course it's negative if it does happen is because we interpret it interpret it as negative yeah. but more interestingly this is what i'm getting at is in the idea of the present moment and this is where things start to get a little like, like trippy 
the if the actual experience of the thing happening is innate, it doesn't even have uh, innate meaning. It just is positive or negative. Then that's and that's not the present moment. Then that's just doesn't even exist. It's just out yeah. of. But but the only moment that does exist by worrying about something that could go wrong. We're actually making it so that we're experiencing it as if that thing were already going wrong in the mm, present moment yeah, and yeah. living the experience of the worst case scenario in the present moment. Mm. So forget about any events ever happening in the so-called future by choosing to not be one with the truth, let's say, or one with, you know, like Jesus says, if thine eye be single, thy, ho- thy whole body will be full of light. Like by choosing to not be present with our conscious experience of the moment and 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 then choosing positivity within that by choosing negativity you know choosing satan over yep. christ let's say in yep. in the present moment we're actually just making it so that is our life that just is the life you know yep. what i mean so it's yep. like even even bigger than this may cause the event to happen more likely because then we're st- we're still putting people in the linear thinking it's like right our only experience is the present moment and when we use the present moment to dwell on the negative outcomes that therefore is your life. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. As you true, guys say, we true, say true. period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so No, that's 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 a good point. Um, and that's for me. That's like that's what they call the the hero's journey, or well, the hero's journey is they call it like the the cycle. But to me, it's it's like that inner journey when you just say like I'm just not gonna keep going down that path you know like i'm sitting here with soul bra in miami if my mind wants to worry about a hundred thousand things that could go wrong i can actually just let it do that but to let that disturb me that's my that's my initiation is to like feel it and let it happen and or and let it go and not let it perturb my present experience yeah that's hard but that's that's the the growth i believe in life is is to overcome our negative emotions and if we wanted to get like more metaphysical there's uh and my my research in biology studying the books like the body electric and in biophotons so that's bioelectromagnetism biophotobiology is the book a great book called light shaping life biophotons in biology and medicine very interesting uh just a lot of scientific stuff but the key takeaway is that we really are beings of light. Our cells communicate using ultraviolet light to stimulate mitosis and cell division, all this stuff. But anyway, all that showed me that we are beyond a shadow of a doubt beings of energy. Coming yep. from an atheist perspective growing up, coming from a Western scientific perspective, we're beings of energy. So when I read these spiritual books, I came to really be open to these ideas about Buddha and Jesus and oneness. And then when I started learning from Dispenza, he started really making this even more scientific that he has this a certain breath that he teaches, a breathing exercise where you actually pump basically the cerebrospinal fluid up your spine Mm -hmm. and you basically are overcoming your animal self, he calls it. You're overcoming your animal self. Now, what's really interesting is if I sort of change the language here, in the ancient, uh, what they call a scientific technique, of self-realization or God-realization or enlightenment. It's called Kriya Yoga, which I mentioned to you. That's the that's the focus of the uh, Yogananda in the autobiography of a yogi. It's, it's all centered around his finding his guru, which is based on Kriya Yoga. But anyway, in Kriya Yoga, they say that that act of cr- the Kriyas, these techniques they do, which I have been told because I'm not initiated in Kriya and you can't 
know the techniques unless you get a formal initiation. I will eventually, but I've been told by someone who's a Kriya yogi and is initiated that it's very similar to these Joe Dispenza techniques that he sort of says he came up with himself through his own experience. And in the Kriya perspective, it's about burning through karma. So it's interesting that all these fields, the science, the Joe Dispenza, so the scientific spirituality, and then the ancient spirituality of Kriya Yoga, the sort of purpose of our existence, let's say, or one of the highest aims and, and goals of our existence that these yogis strive for is to burn through karma to escape what they call the cycle of birth and rebirth. Now, do I know whether there's the in like rebirth and reincarnation exists? No. I've tend of all the things I'm open to, that's one of the things I've tended to be most skeptical of deep down. I don't know why, but you know what's interesting is as a young kid and so, this is the first time that my mind is open to the idea of of reincarnation was when I, I remembered uh, about a year ago or even six months ago as I was learning about this Kriya Yoga stuff and I remembered learning about the lotus posture which the yogis use. They fold their legs in like this and they use it so that if they go into samadhi, which is like a state of eternal bliss, that they can't fall forward or backwards. They're locked in place essentially. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if your muscles are like a regular, like a half Indian pose, if you fully released, you'll probably fall forward or backwards. Yeah. So with the, with the lotus po posture, although your legs tend to go numb depending on how flexible you are. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I remembered in first grade, dude, I was six years old, teacher comes up to the front and they're showing the lotus pose. And I just was struck. Like I was deeply touched by the lotus posture. Like it was like a, whoa. That's dope, and it, yeah. I'm just I and it, and it, it. it hit me. Yeah, it, it hit me exactly. Somehow I recognize some part of me recognized it. Right, I didn't know at the time, yeah. and then I remembered that moment, like a, a year or six months ago, whenever it was, 15 plus years after the initial experience, and I thought, all right, <laughs> reincarnation. Yeah, yeah. I must have been a yogi. I mean, yeah. how else could I be so called to the yoga path? And I don't know if it's true, but anyway, that that wasn't even the point. It's just. I don't even know whether reincarnation exists or not or what it is, but I think it's, it it's an appealing, I'm inclined to as well, but it's an appealing concept that like we are, so to speak, the reason we're here and not just one with the infinite bliss is because there's something that we have to overcome. If nothing else, it's just a cool story to believe in. Like there's yeah. something we have to solve that is our, what they call quote unquote karma. There's something we're here for yeah. and we have to work it out. Yeah. And just like you work out a knot in your muscle, we have to work it out and then we can move on. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I've thought like many times in my life as well, I think many, I don't want to judge for other people, but I think many really intelligent people do like, what would it be like if I wasn't alive? Like, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes when I was really struggling, maybe towards a suicidal tendency, although thankfully never so dark down that hole. But, um, but I've, th I've definitely thought the thought and I understood to a certain degree from this Indian perspective, the ancient Indian perspective, that's a cop-out. Suicide is a huge cop-out. That is not yeah. the way to go yeah. to reach infinite oneness and bliss. You have to work through all the challenges, but it's a pretty cool journey. And I think that's, to me, the takeaway, you know, of all this conversation of everything I've learned through the business, which was a really great stimulative question. Thank you. Mm. You know, it's interesting because for months I've thought, how cool would it be to talk about my business experience on a podcast? I've never really done it. And I think I've learned a thing or two um, that are sure. worth, worthy of value to anyone of yeah. any age, even yeah. young people like yeah. 18 to 22. But this idea that like the, the, the main goal is to overcome the cycle of birth and rebirth to just be one with the infinite bliss. 
and that there is this science that I came to through my own experience called Kriya Yoga from the ancient East that they've used for like 5,000 years. They, you know, it's, it's, the story is that there's a guy named Babaji, Mahavat, Mahavatar, which means like perfect avatar incarnation, Babaji, father, revered father basically, who lives I eternally. They truly believe this, that he never has died. He's an eternally living being in the Himalayas uh, who has a body, contrasted with Jesus, for example, who they you know, believe lives eternally but doesn't have a body anymore. He gave it up. Yeah. Uh, and Babaji brought, after thousands of years of reclusion, brought the science of Kriya Yoga to a householder yogi in India named Lahiri Mahasaya some 150 years ago. And then it was passed down from him to a master named Sri Yukteswar and then to Paramahansa Yogananda, who was commissioned, let's say, or tasked to bring this information to the West. And he brought it to the West and largely is responsible for the explosion of yoga. But the mistake people make is they think yoga is stretching. That's called yeah. hatha yoga. That's physical postural yoga. Yoga means unity. It's the pursuit of the realization of the truth, which is that we are all one. It isn't making it true because it's already true. It's just realizing it and not forgetting it. Yes. And to me, that's the highest pursuit the only pursuit that I'm interested in at this point. And it's back to the idea of me saying the business was my obstacle. I came to realize like my business wasn't my obstacle. My business was always the way. The business the was the huge blessing, yes, that that God, the universe gave me, just like my parents getting divorced as a kid and all the emotional challenges that came with that. That was the vehicle that I was given, the blessing to advance through this path faster and I could never be more thankful for it I'm very very lucky and very grateful mm. and, and and for me if there's one lesson I could pass to anyone it's it's that yoga not not the stretching hatha yoga although that's useful for physical health but something like kriya yoga a a a, a path to realize the truth scientifically which the truth of oneness is the only pursuit worth endeavoring in life and that includes love and that includes relationships and that includes you know running a business and starting but all of it for a higher purpose all of it to say like you know like Jesus taught like how can I take the truth and bring it out for example Jesus said something like in the Bible you are the light of the the earth you are the salt of the earth you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world and like go out and let your light shine, you know, so that your father and those around you can see your good deeds. And it's something so beautiful for me about like that idea. Like it gives me goosebumps like that. Mm. There's something higher just to strive for, you know, just it. And there's no reason other than the fact that it is what is good to go that direction. And we see in our society today, it seems seemingly a concerted effort to not go that way. But, well, we just got to keep going, keep walking and maybe we'll lead the way. Yes, um, side by side, uh, conversations like this help, and um, yeah, that's beautiful, man. I think that that puts a good cap on <laughs> on the soul cast. So <laughs> thanks, thanks again, brother. Like I appreciate that, it, Matt, my brother in arms. Uh, this has been Soulcast. For those listening at home, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Is there anything you want to mention before we y go? Yeah, thank you. So I would just recommend uh, anyone who's interested go to rawoptics.com. So as soul very gracefully mentioned earlier raw optics is a company i started as we talked about a lot for those who don't know to create really exceptional products to improve your health and the function of your biology utilizing the simplest discoveries in the field of how light affects our health and the, the specifically eyewear that blocks harmful wavelengths of light both day and night 
to improve your health. So during the day, we have daylight lenses, which you can, they're yellow. You can wear them, for example, if you're in an office or a school or on a computer for many hours. Or a gym. Or a gym. Perfect. Yeah, anytime like that. Or night driving. They're very good for night driving, but Mm -hmm. they're made primarily for day. And you'll feel yourself relax. You'll feel yourself more calm. You'll feel your cognition more sharp and clear because when your brain's not as stressed by this overstimulative blue light, everything works better. So your body's more inclined to be in this stress-free state although as we've discussed i do believe it's a hundred percent mind and everything else can just help but it's still a hundred percent mind and sunset lenses which are for nighttime you put these on after the sun goes down or right when the sun goes down approximately when the lights outside start turning on the headlights the car lights the street lights the house lights the tvs the computers everything and they block the high energy blue light that tricks the brain to wanting to stay awake which prevents your brain from making melatonin. So the lenses block that high-energy blue and green light, just making all the light around you like a fire or like lights from over 100 years ago, like lanterns. Yeah. And then your brain can naturally tune down. Your brain waves naturally drop from the high-energy beta down to alpha, down to theta much more easily. And so with just these two products, you can solve some of the biggest problems people have today, which is A, lack of energy during the day, and B, inability to turn the energy off at night and fall asleep and so the main things people are using now people are trying to use alcohol and weed and sleeping pills to relax in the evening our glasses fix it we have really good reviews from people it's worked for tens of thousands of people it can work for you too and then during the day the daylight lenses have a huge benefit like you don't need the cigarettes to chill out because you're just chilling yourself out now the key thing everyone should know which Solbra teaches about a lot is you got to go out and get morning sunlight for 10 to 15 minutes that is the pitch It's not about the glasses and the products. 10 to 15 minutes morning sunlight will change your life. And these other things are, let's say, adjunctive treatments that can help tremendously. So that's rawoptics.com. And you can use Solbra's discount code, Solbra, S-O-L-B-R-A-H, for 15% off everything. So thanks so much for listening to me. And by doing that, you're not only supporting me and Raw Optics and my mission, you're also supporting Solbra and the podcast and everything, but you're supporting a vision of creating a better world which is what we're on and specifically we're developing the world's best lighting technology so we're on a a quest i'm working with the world's number one leading expert on human-centric lighting therapy to develop lighting devices panels light bulbs and everything we're looking at probably sometime in early 2023 so about a year from now to have that stuff starting to roll out but it's been very fun and that will be another tool to help people raise their consciousness because artificial lights just like bad food is a way that we are it makes it harder to step up. And so healthier lighting, going outside more, which is the key call to action here, can help you step up just like these products. So thanks so much, guys. Yeah, I'll just add to that. Um, I use mine every day. Uh, I'm on the computer a lot, on my phone a lot, doing work, and they they just change the game completely uh, with how your eyes work and feel your brain. You don't get that kind of technology burnout. Uh, they're also the most stylish glasses. The amount of comments I've got uh, from wearing mine out and about Thanks, uh, bro. at dinner or just you know whenever you go out at night, um, people think they look awesome, which they do. And especially the red ones at night, it's like putting a cozy blanket on for your eyes. Like it, it truly, like you'll wear them for an hour and then you just you know peek out from behind the lenses and it's, it's almost like being attacked by this blue light at it night is. and. And then you start to realize, like, it, it becomes, you become aware and conscious of what that is actually doing and feeling in your body. If you, if you don't know the other option, then, you know, you, you won't feel the difference. But if there's anything, you know, 100% stand behind these products, rawoptics.com slash Solbra, and uh, get yourself some. 
if it, you know, it'll, it will help. And I really love them. So thanks again. Light Thank diet. You so much, it. brother. Appreciate it. So raw. It's been Soulcast. See you later.